It's the BS Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. One message for you took from your aunt. Uh-huh. She will bust both of you in the head. You know who me? It's not rocket size, you know. I think you, like me, um, have a face for radio. You know who me? Okay. We gonna play with the players we got. That's why it sucks. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. This kind of unprofessionalism does not need to be tolerated. And I mean it. Like, you know who me? You know who me? You know who me? You know who me? What the hell is going on here? Just all hang up. Another episode of the BS Podcast. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. There's all kinds of noise in my ear now. Oh, jeez. We need a little bit more professionalism. Welcome back to the BS Studio, everybody. It is I, the Q-Dog, in the BS Studio with my man, the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, Wild Bill and his Bama bullet points. Joined in studio as well with Cindy Smith, our Saban correspondent for the week, and here we are. It is the three of us, and we're getting ready to do the BS podcast. And it's going to be incredibly exciting. <laughs> we are jacked about what's coming. And a few things also I want to talk about before we hit the first quarter here is the other things we can do on this podcast because it's our podcast. And um, I've thought from time to time that we need to, um, we need to have some discussions upon faith and family, marriage, etc. I want to. I, I love sports, but I named it BS just so we could talk basically about anything we might want to talk about. So, just going to throw that out there to you. Maybe I had a special guest lined up for tonight, but Josh is not able to make the show, so he will be on the next time. But uh, got some topics right there. Maybe at some point we can put out a couple of shows on faith and family, which I think would be fantastic. So. Well, Bill, how you doing this week? What's going on the week before Christmas? Are you getting all jazzed up? Is it time? Go ahead. Just trying to survive the cold weather, brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. we try to get everything done first part of the week before the real cold gets here. But uh, we just got to see how the youngin and her spouse but she tested negative today, so we'll just have to go from there and see what's going to happen. But uh, as I told the church, uh, it's a wonderful time of the year, but we we lose sight of what, what it's really all about. That's right. What it's and, uh, really, really all about. I had you pre- are telling the truth. preached a series, the three Sundays on, from the movie Elf, uh, the, the, the Elf Code, and the one yesterday that uh, – was there's room for everybody on the nice list. <laughs> whether we realize it or not, a lot of times we're all on the naughty list. No doubt. And uh, whatnot. But it was a, uh, it, I enjoyed preaching it. It was a good uh, series. Cause, and one of them was, why can't we make every day like Christmas? No doubt. Not, not, you know, worshiping and praising God every day 
instead of just Christmas Day. Yeah. But uh, absolutely. But we've we've about got all of our stuff. We've about got all of our stuff done, ready to roll. I just got to go pick the food up later in the week. And, there you go. What's uh What's on the menu for Christmas dinner uh, at the Smith House? Well, you'll have to ask the wife. <laughs> Oh, it's our it's our menu correspondent, Cindy Smith. <laughs> what is on the menu? Well, actually, we're cheating a little bit this year because there is a awesome local restaurant. Well, it's called yeah. well, it's not really a restaurant. She used to have a restaurant, um, and it's called Tawana's. And so, if anybody in our area is listening, they can um, check it out. So she has a lunch special every day and you go in and pick up the lunch special. You don't go in and eat, but, um, she does a, um, thing for like Thanksgiving, Christmas. So we got our meal there. It's dressing the giblet gravy, sweet potato fluff stuff, um, green beans, um, Macaroni and cheese, and then rolls, and maybe something else. Uh, and then you get to pick one of three pies, and then you get to pick. She has what Linda used to make this. It's called Mississippi Mud. Oh, yeah. Come but on. She calls hers Alabama Mud or Auburn Mud. Ugh. So we're getting one of those. You could choose one of those two or fudgy brownies. So we got the Alabama mud and I'm not kidding you. It is so good. <laughs> so oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. We're yeah. so this Christmas, I feel like I'm starting a song this Christmas. We are doing a three day cheat, Anissa and I and Sophia. So it's going to be epic and we are having, well, Josh and Melly are going to uh, have a couple of the kids over, and they're going to make tamales. So there's a, oh. a, a big process that goes along with that. So that wow. will be awesome. Um, and they are authentic, homemade, handmade tamales. So that's pretty exciting. And then we're going to have that. Um, we're going to have that along with. Uh, I, now I'm confused. I'm not sure if we're doing. We're doing something different with them. We might, we might be. I, I can't remember what we're having. Maybe it's like chili or something we're having with the tamales. But on Christmas night, I believe it is. Jeannie makes the most incredible uh, chicken fried steak. So we're gonna have chicken fried steak with her family's Italian uh, sauce recipe, and um, it's gonna have her steak marinara sauce. So we're gonna we're gonna have that and then have uh all kinds of bread to go along with it. Plus the sweets. It's it's gonna be pretty dynamite. We're excited. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're going up, it's about an hour from us, and this is what we're doing this year instead of gifts. Um it's a little I, you might remember this place. It's called Mentone. It's up mm. out from Fort Payne. It's about an hour from where we live. And it's just a nice little area. And we're staying up there two nights. And uh, Amber and them are coming there too. So um, so that's what we're doing this year. That's our Christmas present. So that's why we bought the food. Food will travel because we're not going to be able to go there and cook. So 
we got the food. All we have to do is put it in the oven and stuff like that. Once we get it mm -hmm. frozen. That's great. Yeah. So, um, so I'm sure we'll be eating a lot. Those two days we're there. <laughs> it's going to be really yeah. cold because it's kind of in the, um, higher elevation. Yes. Higher elevation. And if it's cold enough, sometimes they bring in snow in that area and people ski and stuff like that. So, Oh, how fun is that? That sounds like little, a... Won't be doing no skiing. No, me either. Uh, it's a quaint <laughs> little area and like fall and spring are their peak because it's just so beautiful. And the Little River yeah. Little River Canyon is there. We I took him up there for his birthday. Um, it's beautiful. And um, so their peak time is when all the colors start changing. Um, oh, that's great. And on this place we're staying, there's this huge deck across the back. Like, it's humongous. And it just overlooks the valley and stuff, which it'll probably be a little cold to sit out on that deck. Put the board on. Oh, man. <laughs> if you got a cup of coffee, though, and life it, will be good. Yeah. So, we'll be drinking our hot cocoa and eating our dressing. <laughs> there you go. That's the way to do it. And, uh, you know, for Thanksgiving... We, I did one cheat day. It's the first time I've ate re like regular Thanksgiving, um, probably four years. And, uh, I went, I went all in and it was, it was quite literally 24 hours of cheat meal. And, <laughs> and uh, your body went into shock. <laughs> uh, we, uh, so we started at 1201 uh, or at midnight and, uh, Anissa and I started eating, uh, some tiramisu. Like we ate all we could and there were still some left and. You know, then we got up in the morning and and uh, handled some business. So we're going to be right. doing the same thing. <laughs> She's going to be over there with uh, Josh and Melly. So we're going to have to FaceTime our uh, our first cheat meal bite at midnight. But uh, the the tough part is like the the buyer's remorse once the days are over and you feel like garbage and your body's all swollen up. Um, yes, that's when it that's when it's crazy. But uh, it, I think it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and, uh, I'm, I'm, I haven't had Jeannie's chicken fried steak in such a long time. So her, the sauce that she makes is just, it's ridiculous. So we're, you know, for us, this is the first time, this is the first time in like 25 years, I'm not going to be with my mom on Christmas for, uh, her birthday, Christmas Eve. So it's going to be bittersweet. We're starting a new tradition with Josh and Melly, but at the same time, you know, closing the chapter um, on the one for California. So it's it's a it's it a is. tough thing. It is. Oh, you gonna start and, a new uh, one with him slapping him <laughs> upside his head? I don't have enough hands to slap him upside the head as much as he needs. But uh, he did he did try to join the podcast uh, just at the top of the five o'clock hour. Yes. Yeah, what happened to him? Yeah, he, it, uh, he's trying to join on his phone while he's out uh, oh, taking okay. care of this particular responsibility he's looking at. So, um, it just wouldn't connect because his signal's not great enough. So we'll have to talk about that later. Um, you know, when it comes to allocating the funds to pay for the uh, people's mobile phones out of this particular budget for the BS podcast, <laughs> we're gonna have to talk to who's in charge. Just kidding. <laughs> so, with that being said, there's um, there is some really interesting news uh, that came out this week about Alabama and the Sugar Bowl. And at first, I thought it was a little too cryptic, Uncle Bill, because 
<laughs> you hear that uh, Bryce and Will are going to play, right. and then somebody says, well, it, it says Bryce and Will are going to show up. So are they going to play or are they not going to play? But then after Coach Saban's press conference and, and kind of reading in context what, you know, um, what Bryce had to say about it specifically, uh, I think it furthers the fact that he is he is just about character and integrity, and he wants to finish what he started. And, you know, he did add, you know, the piece about faith in there. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of taken back that he's actually going to come and play and that Will's going to come and play because um, I, it's what I had hoped would happen, but... Uh, I don't. I, I didn't think it was going to happen. What are your thoughts on that? They have one more opportunity because watching and listening uh, to provide leadership to this team from what I've gathered from just little tidbits that they've said. But uh, they showed some clips of them practicing. They're, they're practicing with the team, and they say that they are going to play. So I'm glad that they are. Uh because we don't need to lose another game. But I think they want to go out on top, winning this bowl game, and uh, to help the younger guys. They've got a lot of young guys that they're, that's getting practice time uh, that normally wouldn't because so many have left in the portal. So we've got some young guys that's getting a lot of reps uh, that, that hopefully they'll be ready to play come game time. And uh, there's five uh, high school boys that have already graduated. They're there in Tuscaloosa. They're practicing with the team. They're getting to watch and getting already the field. They can't play in the game, but they can participate in practice. And uh, also, Coach Saban was, had been encouraged about these guys uh, it's one one of them's the quarterback, Holstein or however you pronounce his name, and then the big defensive lineman from right down the road from us, Derek Trustful, uh, and uh, I think two offensive linemen and another defender. Uh, but uh, so they they're getting a jump uh, a jump start on learning what college practice meetings, the speed of the game is all about ahead of the. Of course, signing day is Wednesday, uh, this coming Wednesday. And uh, also, they're already going to be ahead, have a head start going in the spring of, of what college life is. So. Absolutely. And just to, just to pull a piece out from the article, I, I was excited to see that, that these guys are, they are chomping at the bit to get in and make an impact. And like we talked about last week, um, out of that number one signing class, we essentially had five guys that were contributing uh, positively to this particular team, which I and, I, and I think it was out of that 2021 signing class. So, you know, by now we should, there should be guys that are making a mark on themselves. But looking at uh, Zach Breathwaite's uh, comments, as far as his article goes, it says six of these commits, speaking about uh, the practice week, will enroll uh, even earlier, join Alabama's bowl prep practices beginning on Friday, December the 16th. These players are four-star quarterback Eli Holstein, four-star offensive lineman Wilkin Formby, Miles McCavey, 
and Requez McEldry. McEldry, yeah, there you go. Four-star defensive lineman Hunter Osborne and four-star athlete uh, Brayson Hubbard. And uh, each of these these players should benefit greatly from the experience and uh, will lead to help prepare them, uh, help prepare the team just because they'll have some additional bodies and talent, you know, when it comes to it. Um, What's really cool is – it gives it gives me a lot of a lot of encouragement with the type of season that we've had uh, based on how we're recruiting now all the recruits don't work out right um they don't always stick around you know we got like 13 guys in the transfer portal but to speak to the character you know uh, it's a shame that that the the leadership style of Bryce and Will um just were not enough to connect with this particular team in order to help them get to, uh, you know, the point where they could achieve the goals that they set for themselves. Um, a lot of times, or there are some times that, you know, quiet, uh, by example, leadership, it works and it's very successful. But in this case, I think with the lack of discipline, um, the team needed more of a vocalized alpha dog, if you will, in the in the time that we saw Bryce finally, you know, ratchet up um, his his dialogue and and really get in the face of his offensive line and his offense as a whole, we saw we saw a transformation, you know, between offensive series. So right. it's not natural to him. I mean, at the next level, I think it uh, I think it's a little it'll be different because you're talking about guys that are supposed to be you know professionals and need, you know, when things are going crazy, they need somebody with quiet confidence. But it's that vocalized leadership that I pray we develop, you know, now and through the off season, um, so that when these guys are not handling their business in an appropriate manner, not playing discipline, not, not pl- practicing discipline is really where it's at because that's where the game is where it shows its ugly head. So I hope that, you know, we see – that for as a from a coaching perspective um and that uh they're looking for guys that are vocal leaders and not you know there's only so much maturity you can have with time and experience i would say bryce's maturity level is off the charts the guy is as cool as anybody i've ever seen yeah no matter what's happening on the field in uh but i i do i do hope it's a lesson for him at the next level that his voice is more important um at, at particular times, if uh, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Cindy's got something she wants to read off of. Um, one of the journalists out of Birmingham, he posted this um, a couple of hours ago. It says, some people wonder, and they wonder why players such as Bryce Young and Will Anderson would commit to playing in a bowl game and risk injury just months before the NFL draft. For Bryce and Will, it's not only about loyalty, but it's also about faith. Bryce and Will met the media this morning, and they were asked about this subject. Bryce said, the goal is always to just go out there and win. I know everything happens for a reason. I place my faith in God, and I'm concerned about doing what's best for the team, whatever it is, play by play, possession by possession on offense go and try to put points on the board will said i have faith in god god makes no mistakes 
that's another thing that me and Coach Saban talked about. The risk factor was never anything in my mind. I've been playing three years here, some of the hardest football of my life, SEC football. And if I had that same mentality going into my freshman year, I probably wouldn't be standing here right now because I'd be worried about getting hurt. Bryce and Will will likely enter the NFL draft, but first comes the Sugar Bowl. And while Bama fans will likely soon see these young men wear crimson for the last time, fans can take pride in the work they have put in, the commitment they have shown, and the class they have displayed. And that makes every Bama fan proud. Yeah, that's, that is just a touching article. And um, I don't know how much of that is out there these days with, uh, you know, the current – the current generation that's coming up. So kudos to him, to him, kudos well, to his parents and, and their foundation. Like Coach Saban said a few, few days ago, talking about these guys opting out of their bowl game to, and they used to, to prepare for the NFL combine. He said, you don't prepare for the NFL combine. That's just a skill thing and, and all this. He said, that's not preparing you for football. That's not preparing you for your football game at the next level. That's just seeing how fast you can run, how high you can jump, your agility, how, you know, accuracy. That's not preparing you for the game of football. And I love that. that. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's true. And sometimes Coach Saban will will slightly skate around um, (laughs) some pretty – some pretty direct questions um, and maybe, you know, from time to time make some excuses that maybe he's justified and, um, you know, based on the process. I think one of the things I think we, you know, if we go back and look over the season, as much heat as we gave Will Anderson, I mean, and we gave him a lot of heat. Um, I think, you know, just based on the scheme and how he was used to, uh, to you know, what's the word I'm looking for? He was used to neutralize. That's what I'm looking for. Um, Two blockers at a time. Um, That's actually playing selfless where, you know, in other words, if, if the scheme is different or if he just gets, if he gets tired of not having the production, the production that he's looking for, then he goes rogue and runs his own plan. And maybe he makes more, maybe he does make more um, on the personal side. He pads those stats, but, it sounds to me like he is about team and team first. And so uh, neutralizing one or two or in some cases even three uh, offensive players, you know, that's where it is. you look at it and go, okay, well, who was left to stand up and where were the guys when he called their number to say, hey, I'm going to handle these. I'm going to handle a guard and a tackle or a tackle and a tight end or a, a tackle and a running back. Who's who's stepping up to really make plays since he's neutralizing people? And, you know, I, I think for us, which we – Uncle Bill, we, we really made this point. There's no way that we want him to produce more than he wants him to produce. Uh, so, you know, but when it comes to being a part of a team, you can't always allow, you know, your selfish ambitions to get in the way and so maybe that's what we're looking at. And I and I look at Bryce, and you know, it's like he's going to finish what he started. And I uh, 
And I respect that. I respect that for both of them because, you know, there is there is a chance that they go in and they play and that they, they get injured. But like you said, maybe he's still stuck as a freshman and, and never played it down because she's worried about those things. So my hope is that the offensive line look at the investment he's making in the team and they get themselves together, get organized, and really prepare so that Bryce is held safely. So there's a pocket to protect him. And um, you got to you know, get an hopefully... offensive line first. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what those numbers look like after the the portal. How many? What did we have? Just one starting well, lineman that that left. Uh, both of our starting guards. We don't. Both of them not not there. And uh, well, so like I you kind of you, I, you know, it's like you can look at it one of. I guess two different ways because you know like years ago and we've talked about this before bill and i have like with tyrone pro throw mm-hmm. you know you think back about him when he got that injury which did away with his football career you know because he has had multiple surgeries so like for these guys like today that have that option like for their getting this NIL stuff and now they can get in the portal or they can decide, oh, well, I'm not going to play in the bowl game. Well, you just think back, you know, years ago when Coach Sheila was at Bama and that's when Tyrone Prothrow got hurt. They didn't have those options. And so, like, when you think back about him, how he got injured so bad, it totally, you know, he didn't have a football career. career. Yeah, his playing and he had, I think it was like 15 different surgeries. Like you could wow. see back in his time, if there'd been an NIL thing, like that would have helped him so much because it was exactly. a struggle for him for so long, which now, you know, he's a he's a coach at, um, I believe at Jasper. He's yeah, a, re- he a yeah, receiving coach. Like he's he's, you know, doing really well and everything like that, but – you know, you can look back to that time where those guys didn't think about, oh, well, hey, I'm just not going to play in the bowl game. I mean, they didn't they didn't know then there, there was no option like that, whereas now it's like these boys have – they have too many options. <laughs> like, it's well, just too much. Quincy, because you can look at it, Bryce and Will both may say, well, me being on, at Alabama, all right, but they're driving expensive automobiles. Didn't cost them nothing. They were furnished. Bryce making over a million dollars. You know, Will making big money. Say, well, you know, I'm already making a lot of money and I've, you know, driving a $120,000 car. So, plus, uh, if you watch Saban's uh, comments when he gave the press conference, from what I, from what I understood, is Alabama's taking out insurance policies on both of them. Absolutely. So, you, you know that they, they they're already making good money now. Right. And uh, you know that's what I don't understand about some of these other guys from some of these other big time schools. Why are you opting out? You're already getting paid good money. Absolutely, and even uh, just you know. 
compare that to what's going on at Ohio State. Yeah. They have people opting out in there in the playoffs. Yeah. What, is, what in the world is going on there? That just does not make any sense to me. I just wonder if some of that has to do with their coach. Could be. Definitely could be. So, with that being said, we'll move on to the second quarter. And uh, some things I wanted to talk about in the second quarter. First of all, you know, the the absolute – the, one of the saddest things uh, of late, uh, the untimely passing of Coach Mike Leach. We talked about it in, uh, in the, the podcast, last week's podcast, and, you know, the, the outpouring of stories and appreciation and experiences that I heard because I love, I love listening to that Paul Feinbaum show during football season. And they did an entire week where they, they attributed the show to him. And the things that I learned about him really – you know, as much as Josh wants to make fun of me, um, he was a uh, his his personal platform was to build others first, right. and uh, you know that's why that's why I sent that to Josh. There's three types of people in this world, and uh, he was definitely one that is uh, build other people first, and you know, and consider himself like his primary objective is is to enrich the lives of others as opposed to enrich his own life. Um, just based on what I'm hearing from him, because I've never met him, I don't know him, but I do hear countless stories from a, you know, a bus driver um, in Washington that was uh, the bus driver for the team, to an airline pilot that uh, that met him at 11 o'clock at night in a small airport because he was the only guy sitting there when Mike Leach walked in, to an Alabama fan um, who had a sick grandmother and uh, Mike Leach called her and developed a relationship with her and uh, on and on and on just things that you, that you wouldn't expect of somebody of his statute, you know, to be, to be doing. And he did that repeatedly over and over again and uh, really worked hard to build the lives of, of others. And uh, I know things went down at Texas tech that uh, were not very palatable that obviously, um, Paul Feinbaum can't talk about because he's with the ESPN network and they had a part, there was an agenda there that they served part of to get him removed from Texas tech. But so, you know, if you, if you are a, a man or woman of faith and you pray, pray for him, uh, his family, pray for his, uh, teammates or for his, uh, his coaches, pray for, you know, the athletes that, uh, that were a part of his organization, uh, because it's a very, it's so sudden. He's at practice on a Saturday, and then he's in critical condition, life support on Sunday, and uh, then he's gone. And it happened the first time, I think, since the early 80s that an active head coach in the SEC has passed away. And uh, there's no game plan for that that I'm aware of, and so very, very, very difficult. Well, the, I know the um, guy that I work with at the golf course that's a season ticket holder said that uh, at the home games he had always have a little kid no, no matter you know it wasn't his kinfolk. Just he'd always have a small child walking with him. He'd grab some kid to walk with him and the football team, you know, walking wow. to the stadium, and oh, uh, you know, talking, carrying on, and oh, uh, and said that he never had seen that in all of his years in Starkville with the head coach, and just have some random little old kid. You know, having just, that yeah. excitement of getting, hey, I'm getting to walk with the football team. That's right. That's and right. So and I'll, I'll tell you, one of the one of the hardest 
you know, interviews to listen to because we all we all commented on it during the season and, and at the at the idea that he might pass away is when I believe he was talking to Alyssa Lang about yeah. getting married and eloping. <laughs> and if you didn't get a chance to go back and listen to her interview with Paul, I I only listened to it on uh on Apple Podcasts, so I don't get to watch the show. But you could tell that there was uh there was time where they, they both came pretty close to uh to losing it. And Alyssa said that um she was going to have Trevor call him, but it was going to be after the season so that everything died yeah. down. And uh, they – it's a call they're not going to be able to make now. Right. And, uh, you know, she deeply, deeply regretted that. But that he was serious. And it, yeah. and those are the things that he did. And the, the lesson, you know, when, when people die too soon, it's hard enough when people die in their 80s and 90s and, you know, when they're 100 years old just because death feels so final. It, it feels like it's the end, even though we, we know it's not. But when there's somebody that passes away and it's so untimely and they're young, because 61 years old is young. Yeah, um, younger than me. You, uh, I, was, I, was at a, I was at, I believe, like a memorial service at one time, and it's, uh, it's those lives that you lose too soon that you pray will be like a seed, you know, and when it's planted, there are things that you can take from that seed as it matures. So we allow those experiences to grow in our life. And, uh, and then their, their untimely death is, is not for nothing. And we hope that that is the case. So utilizing that, that particular metaphor, as the tree grows and it bears fruit, um, it's the fruit that we partake of to say, I'm not going to wait to call somebody and tell them I love them. I'm not going to wait to take action. Um, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to put it off to write that letter. I'm not going to wait to go by and visit that. I'm going to take every day in, in, in sort of a reverence, like you were talking about uncle bill every single day. I'm going to live it like it's Christmas. Um, you know, cause really in this, in this life, it's very short. You only get one shot. So, you know, he left behind a wife, kids, grandkids, and he's just gone, just gone too early. And uh, for that, you know, hopefully his passing is like a seed. I know they're going to do a uh, a funeral uh, memorial service on Tuesday, I believe, open to the public yeah. from what I understand. And, you know, the outpouring of support and appreciation, I'm sure, is going to be is going to be quite immense. So I know he's going to be he's going to be missed. And I, one of the reporters was talking about on the sideline and said, hey, look. We miss him now, but it's um, we're not really going to catch the effect of this until the Bulldogs are back on the sideline and Mike's not there. So, mm-hmm. for what it's worth, it's a it's a really really difficult situation. So make sure that you pray for those families um, because you know there's no there's no distance when it comes to the spirit of God right. and uh, those types of those types of prayers and. The, the energy that comes from the prayers and the and the deeply the heartfelt support it can really help uh to go a long way in mending the wounds of those who who are so deeply hurt so please do that please join us in doing that and then you know we are really coming up against a hard break here where i'm going to have to uh going to have to sign out but man texas a&m what's going on over there lord <laughs> have mercy what are, they, are they up to like 900 guys in the transfer portal now? Yeah, but Jimbo didn't enter it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that I think they're hoping is going to enter the transfer portal so enough to pay that $96 million, $86 million payout. But, man, there is, uh, there's a lot left to talk about. 
But unfortunately, we're going to have to start wrapping this episode up. Um, Coach Saban had a great uh, press conference where he talked about how much he respected our guys. And uh, he said it very effectively, even though it was slightly covert. It's like, I respect the guys that decided to stay, and we're going to coach the guys we have. And I am good with that. I am good with that. If you're entering the transfer portal right now, maybe you feel like you're getting the short end of the stick. But if you perform at Alabama, you are going to play on the field. And, you know, one thing I was thinking, we were talking about uh, Tyrone Prothrow coaching wide receiver somewhere. Why is he not at Alabama? We are desperate for a great wide receiver coach. Get him to Tuscaloosa, Coach Saban. Get him there. Hey, uh, Quincy, just right quick before we – I just want to talk one thing quickly about the basketball. Yes, sir. Please do. All right. We are number 340 out of 352 teams in the number of turnovers per game. Oh, yeah. We are averaging 16.5 turnovers per game. We had 21 against Gonzaga. So I know I read the, an article today. Uh, Nate Oates said they have got to cut down on the turnovers. They truly do. It's uh, it's uncanny the amount of turnovers that I watched when they were playing Memphis. And it's just like they get happy feet and they lose the ball. Like they lose consciousness yeah. – for a moment of the basketball and it seems to slip away which is i believe that's something um you know they're they're what 11 games in now nine and two and uh and have a very promising career when it or a very promising season ahead of them but you are absolutely correct and i'm sure coach is going to work through that you've got to be able to settle down and and maintain focus on the basketball I, I mean, it, to me, it was like watching little kids at, at, at you know out on the playground at times where the basketball, it's just like it's here today and gone five seconds late, just gone. Yeah. And the basketball is going back the other way. And for you to turn it over, there's only two halves in, basket, in college basketball, guys. So you're going to turn it over 21 times? <laughs> you're yeah. begging to lose. Because I was talking to my older brother. His son played high school and college basketball. And that's what we were talking about. And he said, and we were talking about, they have more trouble getting the ball inbounds than any team I've ever seen in my life. It's Something pretty weird, ain't it? Somebody getting open to throw the ball to on an inbounds play. Because they, well, you know, they had three turnovers Saturday just trying to get the ball inbounds. Yeah, somebody's found something, you know, and, and they're able to pick on it. But I'll tell you, it's interesting that we're good enough that, you know, in nine games we've been able to overcome – that particular margin, but it when you play higher level, higher quality talent, those kinds of things are going to come back, and they're going to get you. And uh, you don't want to be playing a, a game like that and turn the ball over twenty twenty one times. My goodness! Yeah, but I mean, if you think think that my team is number three hundred fortieth out of three hundred and fifty two teams, that's sad. That is, uh, that's hard to get worse. That needs to be put up on their locker. Everybody. Yeah, everybody needs, everybody needs the number 340 on their jersey for practice this week because that's where they rank. With that being said, it's too bad we didn't get a chance to have Josh on and talk about NFL football because I would have loved to hear his thoughts on the Colts and the Vikings, which was absolutely outrageous. Um, 
the Raiders. Oh, our boy <laughs> Mac Jones. They uh, they made him look bad and somehow won that football game. And then the really bad news, uh, Jalen Hurt is hurt. Uh-oh. Jalen Hurts has got a sprained shoulder and may not play, but is that guy having a phenomenal season yeah. or what? I know he threw, Good on him. Threw two interceptions yesterday, they said. I guess he's proven all the doubters wrong and the naysayers. Yeah, every every time he suits up, and I and I pray he only gets better. And um, he can retire a lot of the model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't standing in that line. I missed the brains, <laughs> I missed the brawn, and I missed the good looks line in heaven. I'm not sure how that happened, but uh, I must have. Oh, uh, your dad must have turned. <laughs> I must have turned the ball over too much. I have no idea. It's your daddy's <laughs> fault. <laughs> well, with that, it's a, a really <laughs> Hey man. What can I say? That's where it's at. But hey, it's uh it's been a lot of fun. Thank you guys for taking the time to be uh yes, sir. to be with us on this uh, particular so podcast. What, what about next week? Are we No the day after next Christmas or what? The day after Christmas, uh, on schedule for five o'clock, unless anything happens, I'm in. Be up yonder. Yeah, y'all should be able to do it. Okay. We should be able to, Quincy. All right. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I could uh, provide some IT resource for you today. Yes. To get you. Uh, get your podcast, and so we're back there with that. And uh, if I don't talk to you before, which hopefully we do, we love you very much and Merry Christmas. You too. We love and, you. Guys. Uh, Hope y'all have a good one. You tell Hunter we're praying for him. I sure will. I sure will. And please continue to do so. All right, Aunt Cindy. All right, Wild Bill. This Bye. is the Q dog signing out. It is a road tide. Merry Christmas and roll tide roll. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Roll tide. Bye. One message for you to from your aunt. Uh-huh. She will bust both of you in the head. Can y'all hear me? It's not rocket science, you know. I think you, like me, um, have a face for radio. Can y'all hear me? Okay. We don't play with the players we got. The next man up. That's why it sucks. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. This kind of unprofessionalism does not need to be tolerated. And I mean it. Like, you know who me? You know who me? You know who me? You know who me? What the hell is going on here? Let's all hang up. Another episode of the BS Podcast. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. There's all kinds of noise in my ear now. Oh, jeez. We need a little bit more professionalism.